a long time ago on a spinner rack far, far away. The Comic Book Time Machine presents Marvel's Cosmic Comics, exploring Marvel's licensed sci-fi and fantasy during the Star Wars period. Episode 106, Ben's Bullpen Bulletin, taking a look at the extra materials from comics dated December 1978, including the final issues of Devil Dinosaur and Machine Man. Hello and welcome to another episode of Marvel's Cosmic Comics presented by the Comic Book Time Machine. I'm Ben, Ben Avery, comic book writer, comic book reader, comic book collector, comic book podcaster, and I am here to talk about uh, basically what would you find on the spinner rack and in the actual issues of the comics from that uh, cover date of December 1978, which were on the spinner racks and the magazine racks in September of 1978. So that's what we do with Ben's Bullpen Bulletin. It's a play on the Bullpen Bulletin that Stan Lee would write in the text pages, uh, the text copy of the Marvel Comics. And yeah, so we're just going to take a look and we're also going to look at the final issues of Machine Man and Devil Dinosaur. So let's start with Devil Dinosaur. Now, my time machine that I use when I go back in time um, that allows me to read Devil Dinosaur is another hardcover omnibus. It is much, much thinner than the John Carter hardcover omnibus because it only has nine issues in it. And it has a little bit, some of the copy that is in, you know, with like the letters pages and stuff like that. But for the most part, it's just the story. So I don't know much of what's going on. Um, if there was like a, a farewell letter from Jack Kirby or anything like that in this issue, all I know is that I've, I've got the story and the story with the, this issue is fairly simple. It's, um, it's really simple. Actually devil dinosaur and moon boy come across a woman who is a cave witch and she is in kind of lives in this area with all these magic pits. Well, they're considered magic pits because they have uh, gunpowder around them that can explode and when you push gunpowder into the fiery pit but they also are time portals and so she tells them get out of here they say okay we're going to get out of here and as they try to get out of there they fall into one of the pits moon boy does not go all the way down he catches himself devil dinosaur goes all the way down and finds himself in 1978 where he interrupts a hunting party it's hunting for a cougar or something um uh, I know it's a cougar. I'm just not exactly sure why. I think that maybe it's one of those situations where the cougar is like eating livestock. And so they just want to get it and stop it and kill it and whatnot. But anyway, they um, they start shooting at Devil Dinosaur. And you have essentially a Godzilla scenario of this Tyrannosaurus Rex um, marching through the countryside and then getting into this, the town. And all the people are trying to stop the, the T-Rex. Then you have Moon Boy who, because he survived, the witch and her son are happy to help him because no one's ever survived the pits. But your buddy's gone. 
it's unfortunate, but sad, but true. And so what happens is Moonboy realizes that this witch woman is not as bad as everyone says she is. And then he bows down before her and apologizes and begs for help with getting devil dinosaur back. So she and her son go to the big pit in the big cave and they drop these, you know, big old rocks of gunpowdery stuff. I don't know exactly what it is, but it says later in history, it will be used to shoot missiles and, and stuff like that. There's an explosion and Devil Dinosaur is able to crawl through the portal. And up until this point, I'm thinking there's not much to the story. It's just he goes back in time. Moonboy asks for help. They help. And Devil Dinosaur comes back. But there is one element at the very end that makes it so it's not just that. It's not just kind of a juvenile adventure story, which honestly, uh, Devil Dinosaur was meant to be, I think. And, and this was Jack Kirby looking at, OK, what if I made a Saturday morning cartoon? Well, in this particular Saturday morning cartoon, it ends nicely where the the witch laughs at Devil Dinosaur. You know, as big as he is, you still are scared and you still need to run for safety because this place, all people fear this place and this place belongs to us. And Devil Dinosaur, sure enough, does run away because he and Moonboy both are scared and they'll just we're going to go to the Green Valley. Let's go to the Green Valley and stay there. There's plenty of room for us there. We don't need to worry about this place. Leave that to them. And then as they leave, the son says, you know, we're scared, too. Like, we're like we're just like everyone else. You know, she's saying Devil Dinosaur is just like everyone else. And um, and her son says, we're just like everyone else here, too. We live here. The, the only difference is we live here with the stuff that scares us. And, and she says, no, but we're learning from the stuff that scares us and it will bring us safety and maybe power one day. And so that capper makes it a, a worthy story, I think, where all this stuff is happening but it's happening in the context of kind of revealing something about the characters involved, even if it's not like this very, you know, a it's, it's really not a difficult solution to their problem, but it's a character revelation. And, and I like it. I like it. And for the most part, I like Devil Dinosaur. This is if you can get your hands on the issues or get your hands on this omnibus edition. Um, I recommend this to people who are fans of Jack Kirby. And I re recommend this to people who are artists and want to study some really cool artwork and just some wacky, wonky, weird technology and strange uh, landscapes and powerful characters. Uh, this is Jack Kirby doing what I think is Jack Kirby. Uh, it's just he's getting to cut loose and just do fun stuff for him. And, you know, of course, we're reading this in the context of Marvel's Cosmic Comics because it is a spinoff from the 2001 comic book. And, you know, they say there's going to be more adventures and there are more adventures with Devil Dinosaur. Devil Dinosaur comes into the present day. People go into the, the past and interact with Devil Dinosaur and Moonboy. There's currently a comic book series called Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur, which I haven't picked up. I've heard good things about it, but, um, you know, I've got comic book dollars that are going into other places that honestly aren't really Marvel and DC except for some of the monster stuff from from Marvel and I've been buying the Dark Crystal series which is really interesting and kind of good it's based on the screenplay that would have been the sequel to the Dark Crystal from about 10 years ago maybe but anyway I, I recommend this I think this is good Jack Kirby and the simplicity of the storytelling is just served well by the power of the artwork. 
So let's move our attention over to Machine Man, uh, which is also spinning out of uh, 2001. Now, Devil Dinosaur spins out of 2001 spiritually, okay, not from characters. Machine Man spins out of 2001 with the character. And we have another pretty simple character. Uh, last issue was a cliffhanger <laughs> um, where there was a nuclear blast and Machine Man was going to die. And we don't get to see how he actually survives. He's just alive and well and goes and talks to the people of the army. And then they say, how did you survive? And he says, let me show you. So instead of seeing him actually survive, we see we have a nine panel page of him demonstrating how he survived in the front lawn of this uh, army office <laughs> installation. <laughs> and so he goes, stands in the grass and says, when the uh, I am a robot. And so I am able to do things you know, quicker than anyone else would be able to do it. And I just shot a blast into the ground that I calculated how deep it needed to be for me to protect me from the blast of the nuclear blast. And I dropped into the hole before the blast overwhelmed me. And then after the radiation cleared up enough, I just used my springs to jump out of the hole. And that's how he survived. <laughs> that's it. Uh, meanwhile, his friend, the psychiatrist and uh, Colonel Craig, uh, they're wringing their hands because their friend is dead. And of course, Craig didn't think he was a friend, but now he admits that he kind of liked the guy. And and then Machine Man comes and says, hey, uh, news of my death or um, premature or whatever. And then we go to the bad guys and the bad guys have hired someone to go and capture Machine Man. And he's a guy who steals weapons. And so they want him to steal the ultimate weapon. He pretends to be Machine Man's lawyer. And tricks Machine Man into turning off or deactivating his his weapon systems, although it's questionable if it actually is a trick. He deactivates his weapons systems and actually takes off his human face to reveal his, his machine face. And but he does so and then immediately attacks the guy, the lawyer, knowing it is, you know, someone who has weapons of, of his own. And so there's a brief fight and a fire and the guy escapes and you know, to come back another day. Uh, unfortunately, that other day is not going to happen in the pages of Machine Man. It's going to happen in the pages of The Incredible Hulk because that is where Machine Man's adventures will continue. They're, um, on the letters page, it actually says, you hold in your hands the last issue of Machine Man? Possibly. <laughs> Jack is laying aside his comics work for the time being to concentrate on the storyboards of the all-new Fantastic Four cartoon series premiering this fall on NBC and just on the opposite page you have a full page ad for Saturday Morning Fever it's on the rise on NBC and it reveals that at 8 o'clock Eastern Time Yogi's Space Race at 9.30 Eastern Time Janna of the Jungle in the Godzilla Power Hour at 9.30 and then the new Fantastic Four at 10.30 Eastern Time and I the new is kind of inserted in there as a correction and I think that's because maybe Herbie makes it a different Fantastic Four I'm not sure but that's their cartoon lineup from eight o'clock till uh, basically 11. But I, I'm not sure if anything else is happening different at 830, but there's just no room for it, maybe. But yeah, so at this time you had a uh, Fantastic Four cartoon series and a Godzilla cartoon series. And I remember Godzilla. I do not remember Fantastic Four. I just don't. But I'm getting into I'm getting ahead of myself, really, because we're not supposed to be talking about the ads and the copy yet. We're we're here to talk about Machine Man. And OK, so what this was intended to be, what I thought this was going to be, was going to be more of a Machine Man. It's a superhero version of Howard the Duck. 
that's what it is. It's machine man making commentary on current culture and, um, and life, especially in the United States. It doesn't go there quite as strongly as I expected it to, but that's partially because I think there has to be lots and lots of superhero stuff. Now in this issue, there isn't necessarily lots and lots of superhero stuff. You have, um, the bad guys hiring the hunter. You have Machine Man making his return and giving his demonstration of how he survived the nuclear blast. Then you have Machine Man playing baseball, and they are excited. The guy, the guys who are going to play baseball with him, are super excited to play baseball with him until he plays. And he atomizes the baseball when he swings at the pitch and destroys the baseball with the bat because he's so strong. And then uh, there's a fly ball, and he just extends his arm to catch it. And then he just extends his arm from the outfield to get the runner out and they, they kick him out of the game. And that's really the extent of the machine man just trying to make his way in the world because then you have him dealing with the, the, uh, the weapons thief. The one thing that really worked well for me is right as they're talking to the lawyer. And I guess this does get into some of the commentary there is, now, he's tricking him into disarming his weapon systems because you need to be more like the people. And that one thing will improve his case because he's going to go on trial. And so he does so. But to do so, he takes his face off. And so even as they're talking about trying to make him more human, and even as they're doing that, they're also tricking him. But he has to take his face off and reveal his mechanical face. And it's a, you know, if if it wasn't a... If it wasn't a scene with a lawyer who's trying to trick him, but it was actually a scene with a lawyer, I think it would have been a pretty powerful scene where he takes off his face to become more human, but in doing so reveals that he's not human. Uh, and because you see his gray face with uh, without the skin tones and the nose and uh, the, the proper mouth that a human would have. And it's nice. And then he does the whole battle that way with, with without his human face. And when he's done with the battle, he puts the face back on. And there's not really a resolution to all this stuff that's going on with him trying to, you know, fit in and, and be, be quote unquote human, but it's good. It's good. Now I back to, do I recommend this now that we're finished with it? I do recommend this. I think this is something worth your time, worth your time. If you're into sci-fi comics, especially if you like Jack Kirby's artwork, um, I recommend going back into 2001. I mean, I recommended the 2001 stuff already, um, this doesn't get as high of a recommendation maybe as, as devil dinosaur, even though this has more depth than devil dinosaur. I mean, devil dinosaur doesn't really say too much. It, it does try and say a couple things. And you, that's the thing I appreciate about what Jack Kirby is doing with this is he's trying to get into ideas. He's not just trying to tell big bombastic stories, but he's trying to tell big bombastic stories that have uh, human ideas and, and a real a genuine humanity to them. So machine man and Howard the duck are, you know, they're very different in tone, but they're of the same, uh, the same type. And, and I like them. I, I, and so I like machine man. Uh, but it's not one that I would say, Hey, you got to rush out and get this because this is so amazing. It's not the same way I was with like John Carter, John Carter. I just think is just, you know, if you even think you might possibly like it, you're going to like it with machine man. You know, if you find it and you find it cheap, grab it. Uh, there is going to be a machine man omnibus. I have not ordered this book yet, but it is it collects Machine Man issues one through nineteen, so it includes stuff that's not Jack Kirby. It also uh, includes the Incredible Hulk issues that I was talking about, uh, and then also includes Marvel Comics Presents number ten, and so it has some of the the newer stuff. Machine Man also went 
beyond the pages of this book and became one of the coolest parts to me of the um oh earth x series that jim kruger and alex ross were involved in but for a character that really made his debut in an completely unrelated to the marvel universe 2001 a space odyssey comic book series he he has a, he's made a place for himself he has an action figure or two i've i've recently seen a action figure two pack that comes with a comic book and uh it's the three and three quarter size action figures and machine man was one of them i can't remember the second one and i don't remember the comic book but so there's there's the information for you but then there's also a marvel legends um, action figure that i have and i really like like that action figure and he has uh you can pull off his hands and stick on extended arms for him and it's cool but yeah he's he's made a splash and he's still a part of the marvel universe even at this time so let's take a look at some of the ads and copy that are in these comic books from cover date of december uh, there's a bunch of Spider-Man toys and this, the one Spider-Man toy I might have talked about before. I didn't have it, but it's this 12 inch, um, basically immobile. <laughs> he can't move his arms, uh, but he can he has a web that like you can make him swing on. He, there's a helicopter that you can put him on. And uh, I remember a friend bringing that to our Beavers meeting uh, in Canada. It wasn't um, wasn't Boy Scouts or Cub Scouts. It was the Beavers. And, um, yeah, I remember him bringing that and we were playing with that. There's also another full page of Spider-Man toys that did have one toy that I had, and that was a, um, a Corgi miniature car. And I had this, the full van, full size van with Spider-Man on the side. And I, that was a, it was a car that I liked. I played with a lot and there's other toys on here, like the Spider-Man utility belt. And the sharpshooter that, again, friends had, but I didn't have. Um, there's uh, subscription pages. Have a Merry Christmas Marvel style. And you can, on, on this one, you can purchase uh, the books and stuff. How to Draw Comics the Marvel Way. Marvel's Complete Superhero Battles. Um, the Incredible Hulk uh, Calendar, 1979. Son of Origins. Bring on the bad guys. The uh, subscription page that they have. If you order five, you get a free subscription to Star Wars, and each of these subscriptions will only cost you $4.50 for the first one and $4 for the second one, and then you get that free subscription to Star Wars if you do that. There's a Hostess ad that it's not um, one of those comic book versions of a you know the Hostess ads, but it's have fun with Hostess cupcakes and Twinkie cakes because they come with these free wacky TV show cards. And so it's kind of a precursor to the idea of the um, garbage pail kids kind of thing, because uh, it has like Barnaby Bones and it's this detective. He's he's wearing a fedora, but he's all you know he's a skeleton. And it's, uh, I remember getting cards out of Twinkie boxes when I would go to my grandma's house, and that was fun. There's a article or not? There's an ad for the Lego Expert Builder series, uh, which I think became Technique or Technic. But I would always see these and think they were so cool, but I never got them because he had all these moving pieces and I just wanted space stuff, man. I just wanted I just wanted to build spaceships and things that looked like stuff from Star Wars. And, you know, I didn't have any Star Wars Lego sets like they have now, but I had Star Wars Lego sets. You know what I mean? The actual bullpen bulletin has uh, Stan Lee announcing that um, 
Japan, a, a Japanese television studio, is going to be making a Spider-Man TV show, a live-action weekly TV series, which I really wish they put on DVD sometime. It used to be on their website, but it's not, and I, I enjoyed watching those. Uh, they talk about Godzilla and the Godzilla issue that we read for uh, the earlier segment in the December 1978. And, you know, it's not not much more <laughs> that's really exciting to me. Let's talk about some of the books that's coming out with Simon and Schuster. And yeah, it just feels like the Fantastic Four show is kind of the big news. There's, of course, the flea market pages, which I'm not sure if that's what actually what you're supposed to call them, but. That's what I'm calling them. And on the place in the, the human fly, uh, machine man had the letters page, but in the place for in the human fly issue that I have where the letters page would be, there's an advertisement for the Marvel comics group proudly presents the Avengers cosmic adventure epic. And it says Jim shooter, David Wenzel and Pablo Marcus continue to weave a census stunning saga that defies description featuring almost every character in the Marvel universe. It's Marvel at its best on sale now. It doesn't tell what issues they are. <laughs> I mean, it'd be easy to figure out. Um, it, probably the issues that are on the stand there. And, you know, now with the Internet, you can easily find that thing out. But I just find it funny that they don't give that information. That's about it, then. Um, it was a fun month. It was a fun month with Jaws 2 and with the end of Devil Dinosaur and Machine Man. That means that the Ben's Bullpen Bulletins in the future are going to be much, much shorter uh, but that's not a bad thing until we get into some extra stuff that doesn't exactly fit the the, uh, the rules that I set down for what Marvel's Cosmic Comics actually are. Now, if you were to look at the newsstand or the spinner rack or whatever in September of 1978, you would see a, a bunch of comics like we've, that we've already talked about. And there's, there's more, obviously, that were on, on the stands, lots of Spider-Man stuff, et cetera, et cetera. But there's one thing that I wanted to mention, and... Uh, it actually kind of tripped me up a little bit because in September there was a comic book released and it kind of tripped up the whole, how does Marvel's cosmic comics work here? Because I'm using the cover date to help index things, but then I use the on sale date, you know, cause I also want to talk about when did it hit and that's our time machine coordinates, you know, <laughs> And so I'm, I'm kind of, I have the time machine coordinates that allow us to, um, take, you know, wh where are we? We're back in 1978, in September, and what was happening in 1978, September, blah, blah, blah. Well, 1978, September 19th, a comic book was put on the stands, according to Mike's Amazing World, that had a cover date of January 1979. <laughs> and so I'm looking at this right now and, as I'm organizing things, I organize, like I said, by the cover date, and that's what I use. But for the time travel aspect of things, I use that on sale date to set our time machine coordinates. Well, we're going to set our time machine coordinates for next month for when we get into it. And this issue, even though it was on the spinner rack, when we went back in time, we saw this, but we're going to save it and we're going to look at it next with the next round with January of 1979. The comic book I'm talking about is one that I'm very, very excited about though. Very excited. It's Micronauts issue number one. And I really bounced back and forth considering to do it for this round. But then I thought, you know, that means next round we actually won't cover any Micronauts because um, 
the the next issue of Micronauts is February 1979 and actually on sale in uh, December or uh, November. So there wasn't a Micronauts issue uh, on the stands for October. It was just this one was out there for like a month and a half or whatever longer. You know, the the date that they put on there, the cover date, that's to tell when you take it off the shelf. And so this one just got an extra extra amount of time. It went on the shelf at the same time as all these other issues that were supposed to go off the shelf in December. But then this one was meant to stay on the shelf for another month longer. And I think they really wanted to build build it up because, I mean, let's face it, uh, this was them trying to do some more, get some more of that Star Wars money. Now, there wasn't a movie that went along with it. It was just action figures. And we'll talk about that in our next round. So, for now, I just want to say thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for spending your time as we talk about comics and fun stuff like that and until next time may the force be with you and godspeed thanks for listening to the comic book time machines marvel's cosmic comics feed you can find more discussion of many many more comics like superman and spider-man what Ifs and Elseworlds, The Six Million Dollar Man and Batman, comics seven days old and seven decades old, on our main feed, which you can find on iTunes or at comicbooktimemachine.com. We'd also love it if you join us on Facebook at facebook.com or on Twitter, where we are at Comic Time. Next episode, Trapped on a Man-Made Wheel of Death, The Star Warriors Face, The Ultimate Gamble, Star Wars. Issue number 19, covered at January 1979. anthology series boasting the terrifying talents of Ryan Daly, Rob Kelly, Paul Hicks, Ben Avery, Doug Zavisha, and other unfortunate souls. Prepare for the unexpected, open a doorway to nightmare, and enter the houses of mystery and secrets. The moon is full, and the dark spirits are rising. For it's midnight, the podcasting hour. Coming this Halloween, part of the Fire and Water Podcast Network. Beware.